Sorry, I was playing with my machine. <laughs> ah, this episode of my goddamn podcast is brought to you by the Anchor app. Anchor.fm is where you want to go to uh, if you want to start a podcast. If you want to start a podcast, Anchor is the way to go because it's hella easy, son. Hella easy. You can, uh, they have very easy, what they call creation tools. These are the editing tools, the ways that you can put the thing together, and it's super easy. And um, even somebody like me, who aren't very smart, can easily do a podcast. And uh, Anchor.fm makes it very easy. You can download it on your phone, put it on your PC, record right into either one, and uh, you're up and running. And, uh, they put it on all the podcast platforms. Yes, they put it on all the platforms. They put it on Google. They put it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, everywhere that you get into podcasts, they do it. They do it. And you can make money if um, if you have a generous audience. You don't even need a big audience because it's a zero listener minimum Listenership, they call it a zero minimum listenership. Um, so get started today, do a podcast, have fun, talk about whatever the hell it is that you want to talk about on a podcast. Also, uh, I got dates, I got shit coming up, I got things that I'm doing. I do stuff, I do stuff once in a while, you know, things that are in the in the mix of things and, and sometimes I'm doing stuff And sometimes I'm not uh, What do we got Where is it There it is September 30th Ludwig's San Jose Be doing comedy uh, Hosting comedy at Ludwig's in San Jose Teddy Hall in Mines uh, Co-producing Venture That would be Thursday uh, September 30th uh, October 8th Up in Santa Rosa At Three Disciples That is a Friday evening Come up to the North Bay uh, Oh also um, I think uh, Tickets for uh, Ludwig's For September 30th Are on Eventbrite Go to Eventbrite And put in uh, Ludwig San Jose September 30th And you can get yourself some tickets For the show I think the 10 bucks I think I think I don't even know Um What else we got Oh yeah uh, 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 October 8th I just said that this, uh, Three Disciples of Santa Rosa Um October 9th At the Elegant Pub In um In San Jose I'll be playing some drums. You can see me play drums with uh, Hazards. Hazards is playing on Saturday, October 9th at the Elegant Pub. And then November 1st at Lily Max in Sunnyvale. I'll be doing the comedy at Lily Max. I believe that's a competition. They're doing some sort of um, multiple week uh, audience judge your comedy kind of competition. I didn't realize that's what it was, but... I don't like doing competitions for comedy, but I'm doing one anyway because the guy that asked, I actually enjoy. So um, that's what's doing. That's what we got. 
Um, yeah, and also, so that nobody sues my ass, music heard here on the Sean Boyles podcast, I do not own or have the rights to. And we're going to do a lot of music today, so don't come after me. Leave me alone. It's the Sean Boyles Podcast. Music, comedy, drums, life, What's up, dirties? It's your dude. It's me. It's Sean Boyles. Welcome to the Sean Boyles Podcast, episode 105. 105 episodes. Not too bad, huh? Not too bad for um, a little, little foyer into the um, into the podcast realm, grinding it out every week, trying to do it. I might have missed a week here and there, but I mean, come on, come on, you know, you're doing a thing. We're doing a thing. How are you? Uh, this episode, uh, we're gonna do a lot of music on this episode. Uh, I've uh, come into some uh, some new jams that I sort of dug and I want to share them with you. So we will dedicate a good chunk of this podcast to uh, listening to some uh, I'm not going to play the whole songs, but you know, I might show you some jams. Show you some jams. Uh, some bands you might have heard of before because I'm not going deep into the well for, you know, that super underground shit, but um some of them you might have heard, some of them you have might not have heard. So that's uh that's pretty much what we're doing. Um we'll do a, we won't do a reaction of the week this week because we're going to do so much music and I'm pretty much going to be reacting to it. Well, I've already reacted to it, but I'm going to tell you my reaction to it. How about that? Um and I had uh uh what else are we going to do? You know, I'll just recap the week like I normally do and then we'll close it out. I got a nice earworm this week. So uh yeah, man. I sound like Chris Tucker just. Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, we um, I've just been I I worked I worked and then I worked some more, grinded throughout the whole weekend, finished a big job on Sunday, and um, finished this big job on Sunday in the effort to hopefully have a day off on the actual Labor Day. That was my plan. And um, ended up uh, having a good plan. I ended up having a day off. I actually had a day off. I think I went close to three weeks, if not three weeks. I don't really know exactly. But I know that it had been a minute since I'd had a legit day off. And I took advantage. I took advantage. Part of me was like, oh, I can get this done. And I can get that done. And, uh, you know, I should probably take care of that thing. And I should, oh, you know what I really should do? I should fucking take the thing over to the thing. And I did none of it! <laughs> did nothing like that at all. Um, before I get to the day off, um, going into the weekend, uh, so was that, when was... So in the middle of this big job I was trying to do, I actually had another job schedule, a little small job. And I sort of uh, just threw that in there. So I had to go out to a Pacifica, okay? Um, Pacifica. I uh, I think I've joked about it before. Probably the, the 
the most ridiculously named town in California. Uh, we got this little town and, well, got the Pacific Ocean right there. Let's call it Pacifica. It's, I just think it's a dumb name for a town. Um, you know, <laughs> is there a Atlantica? Is there a place called Atlantica over there on the East Coast? Is there a, uh, a India, uh, a India, uh, cause there's an Indian ocean, right? An Indian, uh, that would be, uh, that's stupid. That's stupid. There's an Arctic. Is there an Arctica town town called there's the Arctic ocean? Is there an Arctic ocean or is there an Antarctic ocean? I don't know. I don't know the oceans. How much? How much? There's the Indian Ocean. There's the uh, um, Pacific Ocean, Atlantic Ocean. What other oceans are they? Are there? See, Hayward Unified. Fucking just Hayward Unified once again to the non-rescuing part of my mind. Uh. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I did this job in Pacifica, and I sort of made a plan be it that I was going to be, be in Pacifica, which is like super on the West Coast, like like on the water, uh, and I would just come up. Uh, it's a little south of San Francisco is Pacifica. Uh, I just said Pacifica, like a fucking re-re. Um, Pacifica, so I, came, I, I had a... I, I had to look at a job in San Francisco, so it worked out great. I sort of planned it that way, so I did that little job, and then I went up to San Francisco to uh, look at a job, gave a guesstimate for uh, painting the inside of a bar, this place called the Liberties in the Mission, and uh, shout out to uh, Ryan from uh, Jack London Rehearsal who referred me over to uh, this man, this dude, Sean, who used to work at Jack London Rehearsal. And um, now he's a manager of this bar situation. And anyway, so pretty big job. Uh, and they liked my price. So uh, we'll be doing that uh, next month, I think. But I'm getting to all that to let you know that I went and picked up. So I don't know if I mentioned that I had dropped off this equipment with uh, with my cousin who lives in the city. Um, my cousin had, um, so my cousin started sending me these pictures of like, he had torn apart an amp, a guitar amp, like a little small practice amp or whatever. And he had like had it all in pieces and he was fixing wires and, 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 and fixing capacitors and transistors and whatever the fuck's inside an amp. I don't know. Transformers and, and, and doodads and ding-dangs and little bits of, of of things and solderings and all that shit. He was fucking with it, and he fixed it. He was super stoked. He shows me pictures that he fixed this amp. And I say, you know how to do that shit? And he's like, he's like, ah, kind of. I, I, I fiddle around with it until I get it right. And I'm like, all right. I got some shit for you. Can you fix these? So, um... I have uh, I have three amps, and uh, or I have two amps in a in a stereo receiver, and uh, one of the amps was blown as far as I knew, 
the other amp, I had used it for about 15 minutes, and it started making a... And then, um, so I shut that off, and then my this badass little receiver that I've had for a long time, uh, I had that running for about 20 minutes, and one side went out. So uh, all these things had been sitting in storage. I got fished them out of the storage, and I took them to my cousin Mike uh, a few weeks back. Be it that I was going to be in the city, I hit him up. I'm like, hey, you wouldn't happen to have, you know, the receiver done he's like yeah i got the receiver done and it's fixed and and, if, and and he was showing me pictures of his process of that too and you know he basically just cleaned the whole thing up and there was one little switch that wasn't making contact and that's why the one channel was out so uh, he gets it all dialed in and uh and he had the, one of the amps too fixed i haven't fired that thing up but the receiver it's a marantz marantz are is an older i don't even know if they make new shit but it's an old, the old sort of '70s, early '80s silver-faced, you know, receiver. You know, with a little, and it just lights up nice and nice thick dials that have some weight to them. And it's just, you know, in the '80s and then in the '90s, you had a big, you know, black receivers and black tape decks, and you know, it, it was all black and that was like new, modern looking. But in the seven, the early '80s and in, in the '70s, you had these silver-faced jobs. Um, if you ever see the movie, um, oh fuck, what is that? American Psycho, and he's got his fucking badass stereo that he's playing fucking Huey, Huey Lewis on. Um, I don't know what brand that is, but those are all silver faced, you know. And that was you know early '80s. So anyway, uh, I guess even into the mid '80s, right? Because he's talking about Huey Lewis, and that's fucking '86 or whatever. Fucking the anyway. Getting way off. Um, I bring this Marantz receiver home. I get my receiver out of the the the, the loop of speakers and, and and EQs and tape decks and shit, and I swap this Marantz in and I plug it in, and I fucking put on. I put on uh, uh, Highway to Hell, ACDC's Highway to Hell, right? I put that on, and I just. Put it at a nice volume. I didn't crank it. Put it at a nice volume. And it fucking... The song starts. And when the... You know... Right? When the drums kick in... Like the... It's a good test of a stereo system, is that song. And then, you know, it does that whole verse, and then when the bass kicks in, boom, 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 I can't hit that note. That's too high. Um, So, just when that bass hit in, it just rounded out. This fucking receiver sounds so goddamn good. I'm so stoked on this receiver. Just full... Just round sounding. The music has some depth to it that I wasn't hearing before. And then I run the TV through this fucking stereo too. So I fucking put on something on the television. Just put something random on. And just, you know, soundtrack, movie, music, fucking sounds and explosions and shit. And it just sounded fucking great. I have, uh, there's a... there's a two speaker system thing that comes out of uh, this thing. And so I have 
these two old school, they're called Carol or Coral, Coral. Uh, not, is it Coral? Yeah, Coral. You know, these uh, old house speakers that were uh, made, there's this Japanese company called Coral. And these were given to me fucking years ago. I was I was still living at home when uh, a neighbor gave me these two big ass speakers, and they're just that old school '70s speakers, and they still sound great. And I've never even heard them distort. Like I've had, you know, I've had that shit up really loud, and they just still sound great. I didn't. I never even bothered to look them up until you know. I got this Marantz going and I looked up what speakers I actually have. And I'm like, oh shit, I actually, you know, these aren't bad. You know what I mean? The ones I have. So they're mid-level, you know, the the receiver's a mid-level one too. But, you know, be it that it's an old Marantz, it's probably worth a little something, you know. Um, But, you know, I'm not going to get rid of it. It just sounds too fucking good, man. It sounds really, really good. Uh, I put some hip-hop on. It shit sounded fucking so... With the two, I got the two, those coral house speakers at, you know, in speaker A, right? Speaker A, system A. I think it's system one, system two is what it says. So system one is uh, is these uh, cor- uh, coral speakers. And then system two is um, a subwoofer from a home stereo system or a home theater system. And one of those small little Tweety sort of... Um, speakers from a home stereo system so you know super crispy highs coming out of that thing so it's a nice balance so you got those house speakers that are real punchy they got some low end just clean sounding and then i got the sub giving me all the super lows and this crispy little tweeter type speaker giving me some nice highs so i got a nice little rounded so when i yeah so when i play you know a movie and there's explosions shit that fucking subwoofer really starts speaking you know, and, and if I play some hip hop, it's got that low bass. That fucking speaker fucking does some work. But you know, any rock and metal or, or you know, it really sounds good through this fucking thing. And I don't know if it's just because of the era, but anything seventies. I had uh, I put a heart tune on heart. Um. Uh, what is that? Um. Uh, What is that song? I'm going through the song in my head. Oh, Crazy On You. Let me go crazy on you. Right? But it's got a fucking rad little guitar intro, right? Acoustic that um, that they play. And it's just it just sounded just big and thick and full. Zeppelin sounded big and thick and full. Earth, wind, and fire sound fucking amazing on this receiver. I'm super stoked on this receiver. Anyway, uh, and then I got this uh, bass head that's that, that that works now. So I haven't uh, I haven't fired that thing up, but I'm looking forward to seeing how that thing works. And I looked that up. It's an acoustic. Uh, it's an acoustic head. Uh, acoustic is a brand of amps from the um, from the 70s. And I think this thing's may, maybe made in the early 80s. I don't really know the age of this uh, this particular head that I have. But it's a solid state head. It's not a tube head. and um, But it's supposed to be, I mean, you know, 
sharing sharing spaces with bands and when bands move out they often leave equipment behind especially if it doesn't work and uh apparently when uh, when my cousin opened this thing up there was all kinds of rigged wiring in this thing and there was some shit that was just like straight charred and it was charred because of the way it was wired so this the, this wiring that was done to this thing was done wrong and that's why the thing sh- you know, shit the bed so it's fixed now, and I can't wait to fire that thing. The third amp, though, I'm waiting to get that back from my cousin, and uh, that's actually a family amp, if if there's such thing. Uh, another cousin of ours, um, it was his, and his parents, my aunt and uncle, gave it to me. They're like, here, you know, this is taking up space. Fucking get this thing out of here, Do you, you know. Um, so I have that. It was my cousin Butch. It was his amp when he was in a band called Arson back in the 80s. Which fucking, what a great name for a band, Arson. I don't know if there's a band out there called Arson that like signed a deal and, and put out records, but my cousin was in a band called Arson that, that didn't do anything. They were just local band, but it's a great name for a band. Anyway, so I had that thing running for a minute. It's got a really unique sound and distortion, so I'm actually looking forward to like actually having that as a guitar amp. Not that I need a guitar amp. you know. I don't need a fucking half stack for any reason but i'll have one i got a speaker cabinet that i've been holding on to for um from joe who's the singer guitar player in hellbeard my band um i've been holding on to this fucking 412 marshall cabinet for i don't fucking i don't know seven or eight years probably so um anyway i'll have myself a little a little half stack rig if i can get that anyway I told you all that so I could be stoked and uh, brag about my uh, my Marantz receiver. That thing's fucking phenomenal. Uh, what else we got? So going into this week, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night, I had a uh, oh so what? Uh, fuck, that's I'm getting ahead of myself. Monday, the day off, lounging around. I didn't do shit on Monday. It was glorious, absolutely glorious. I fucking didn't do a. God damn thing. I didn't put fucking pants on, all right? I didn't even get out of bed. I got out of bed to pee and to eat. Otherwise, I was in bed. Just stayed in bed. No pants. No pants. Just draws. Just draws. Just lounging around. The wife was out of town. The wife was out of town. She didn't come in until Tuesday uh, afternoon. So um, Monday, I had the fucking place to myself. I did clean up a little bit. Cleaned up a little bit, but not much. Uh, just took took a fuck. I just took a knee, man. I just took a fucking time out and just sat around. But I did get a chance to um, sort of watch some things on the old television. Um, watched a few things actually. I uh, I watched that. Uh, Fuck, I don't even know what it's called. That series that's on Hulu with uh, Rick Rubin and uh, Paul McCartney. I uh, watched that. Very, very interesting hearing, uh, uh, hearing Paul, hear him talk about how what they did in the Beatles. Uh, hearing how you know how they recorded stuff and you know what was being played and how they came up with shit. And there was a really interesting part that you know I forget what song it was, but. They were isolating the, 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 the tracks, you know what I mean? So you'd hear, you know, 
the guitars by themselves and you hear the bass by itself or the vocal by itself. They're isolating all these tracks, but there was this real cool little section where they played the guitars and the vocal and then they isolated the bass of what it was playing compared to what the guitar and vocal. The guitar and vocal were real nice and sort of folksy, folky or whatever. But then this bass line was this like aggressive fucking bass line that sort of had a weird attack because he was playing with a pick and uh, oh, not quite distortion on the bass, but it did have a little little bit of a bite on there. And it was this really weird and aggressive sounding compared to this nice, cutesy, little, clean um, guitar and vocal thing that they were doing. So it was just really... And, and it's something I had never necessarily heard in that song. And I, again, I don't remember what song it was, but it was just cool when they were you know pulling things apart and hearing things and... Uh, and then hearing stories about, you know, how they wrote stuff and uh, any, I mean, I'm not a huge Beatles fan. I've never, never really even, I understand their importance and, and, and why they're a big deal. But for me, they're just not really a big deal. Like I said, I get it. I understand their importance. I mean, they definitely kind of wrote the book on what is um, pop music as far as you know, a super clean, simple song structure and uh, certain chord progressions that work every time, no matter what you do. And um, they sort of made the blueprint in which every pop song sort of uh, still sort of does. So they're very, like I said, very, very important. And then they're the first like mega super group, you know what I mean? Like, the popular, the first time, you know, I mean, Elvis was popular and, 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 and there was definitely phenomenons before the Beatles, but as far as a worldwide, completely just everybody losing their shit entity, that's, that's the Beatles. So, um, it was just a cool series. It was a cool series. And I, again, I don't remember what it's called. Uh, what else did I watch? I watched, um, watched, a, uh, what they call a limited series this thing called clickbait and i've heard some people really hate <laughs> on social media people were talking about how terrible this fucking thing was i didn't think it was terrible um it wasn't amazing but an interesting story had some decent you know little plot twists which i thought were um were interesting um, I'm not smart enough to, you know, I've had, so, I, I saw every plot twist coming on my, I saw people saying all kinds of shit, like, you know, super predictable and all. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just fucking stupid. I, I don't, I try to be entertained by these things, right? You know, I've said in the past where I can get put out of a thing really fast if it's like too, um, just, you know, if so, certain things will bother me in a thing that I'm watching and it'll take me out of it, and I'll be like, nah, fuck this thing, this thing sucks, you know what I mean? Um, but I do try to just sort of, you know, shut my brain off and just absorb it and just be entertained by it. But sometimes things throw me off, and it'll take me out of it. So, uh, uh, um, and, but it doesn't take much. <laughs> it doesn't take much. But be it that it was a day off, and I wasn't trying to do shit, um, I, did, I did enjoy uh, clickbait. Um, I I don't know. I just thought there were some cool uh, little uh, twists and turns. It wasn't amazing, but I thought it was cool. Uh, and then I watched a movie called Worth, which was uh, 
this movie with Michael Keaton, and I watched it because it was Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's a fucking badass. But uh, he plays this character, this lawyer-type cat, an, an attorney, that was um, in charge of, who got hired by the government, uh, uh, the U.S. government, to sort of uh, come up with a way to compensate the people that lost people in 9-11. Uh, uh, true story, uh, this uh, this thing. and uh, But Michael Keaton's accent in this thing, the accent he was doing was so terrible. I really had to, you know, again, doesn't take much to pull to, to, to put me off a thing. I had to ignore how he was speaking and just sort of uh, get into the story, you know what I mean? Uh, and a really cool story. And then he went on as a lawyer to do all kinds of uh, uh, work similar to that where, uh, you know, getting people compensated after uh, disasters and, and, and um, malfunctions and... Uh, and not class action bullshit lawsuits, but like really cool stuff. Like they fucking at the end of the movie showed this list of stuff that this dude was like involved in. And it was like, oh, fuck, every, you know, uh, you know, mass shootings and fucking, you know, like really cool. Well, not cool. <laughs> bunch of cool stuff like people dying and shit, you know, no, <laughs> you know, but uh, cool as in important things to uh, get on board with and, and, and get behind and. And try to help people out. Everything was all about helping people out. So he's one of the good lawyers, people. Seemed like he was one of the good. And of course, I don't remember anything. I don't remember the dude's actual real name or whatever. But uh, uh, so that. So that was uh, that was Monday. And then Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, I had a show. So uh, I had. I went back out to Pacifica to that same job that I did um, on Thursday. Was that Thursday or was that Friday? That was Thursday. So, yeah. Uh, So, Tuesday, I went out to Pacifica to do another part of this little job. Kind of had to do it in sections. It was a little bit more than I thought it was going to be when I went out there originally. So, uh, I made some time to... uh, Give him another day, and that was Tuesday. So uh, Tuesday was um, <laughs> out in Pacifica to do the job. And again, made it so that I could do that job and then go to my gig because my gig was way up in the North Bay in Roanoke Park. So I got done with that and then drove an hour and a half almost up to Roanoke Park from Pacifica, went over the Golden Gate Bridge. I could, I think I could count on one hand how many times I've actually been over the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, and I think I've only driven over it maybe twice or three times. Don't Not too many times driving over it. I've been in a car that has been driven over it once or twice. And I think I've driven over it myself, you know, twice or three times. So like, not very many times. So it's, you know, trying to... Try not to kill anybody, but I am trying to fucking look around and look at shit as I'm driving. You know what I mean? So anyway, go to the North Bay to do a gig, a comedy gig at this place, Sally Tomatoes in Roanoke Park. I have done a gig there once before, um, maybe three years ago, maybe, maybe even four years ago. I think I have it in my phone, uh, the the set that I did there, and I think it says uh, 2017, so... 
what is that? That's like four years ago. So it's I was like only a year into doing comedy, I guess, you know. And I so hadn't been back there in a while, so it was nice to get back up there. Uh thank you, um, Casey Williams for putting me on. Uh he's also has me um doing uh, his other room, which is the Three Disciples Brewery in uh, Santa Rosa. I'll be doing that um when is that? October October eighth. Uh, he kept thinking I was coming back to do three disciples on Friday, which would be tomorrow. And, uh, I had to remind, I had to remind him twice. I'm like, no, I will not. I'm not on Friday. I'm on the eighth. Oh yeah, that's right. You're on the eighth, you know, because on the show that I was on on Tuesday was mean Dave, mean, uh, the, the, the online nemesis, uh, mean Dave. And, um, so it was cool to hang out with him and bullshit with him and laugh and, and talk shit or whatever. There was a brand new comic, um, I think this was maybe his first or second or third gig and, um, he went up first. He opened up the show. That's what you kind of do, right? Give, you know, give somebody a chance, let them open up. That's a tough spot though. If you're a good host though, and you've, you've done a good hosting thing, you've kind of opened him up a little bit in case he does. Okay. He, he got, he got some laughs, uh, but he's, he's not, I don't think Casey's a comic. He's he's got comic tendencies, but I think he's just a host. He's a, a show producer and he hosts his own shows for the most part. Um, but I don't think he's an actual comic. Maybe he did comedy at one point. I don't really know. I don't know him too well. So, uh, but I don't think he's done or or does comedy now. Anyway, he um, but like I said, he got some laughs and he introduces this kid and this kid goes up there and. Uh, we were kind of laughing. So it was me, Mean Dave, and uh, Phil Johnson. Phil Johnson's a pretty veteran Bay Area comic. Uh, but we're all kind of, you know, rock guys, you know, metal guys, you know. So we all got long hair. You know, fucking Phil actually goes up with a guitar and he plays, you know, he's one of these guitar playing comics. And, um, but we, you know, especially Phil was like, dude, what is he doing with the mic cord? The kid, as he was doing his bits, kept like, wrapping the cord up around the hand that he was holding the mic with. So like he had like just all the cord and, you know, and then he kept putting his other hand in his pocket. And then at one point he had a wad of cord holding in the hand that he's holding the mic. And then he had cord in his other hand and that hand went in his pocket. So at one point he had the cord in his pocket and, you know, Phil kept saying, what's he doing with the cord? He's going to wrap the whole, I go, I don't know, man. It looks like he's got roadie tendencies. And then we, you know, we're laughing, you know, roadie, te- roadies, ro- you know, ro- uh, you know, show roadies, band roadies. You know what I mean? They they're wrapping up cords all the time. You know, these guys got it. They thought it was funny. Anyway, <laughs> and then he's putting it in his pocket, and I go, Phil, he's got the cords in his pocket now. And then we're just, you know, so we were having a little bit of fun with the, you know, which is probably terrible, an awful thing to do. A new comic. He went up there with the, um, he went up there with some bravado though, and he kind of had that, you know. He kind of had that like trying to act relaxed sort of vibe to him where it's obvious that I don't think he's too relaxed. I think he's actually pretty nervous. You know what I mean? He he, he did a good job of, 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 uh, of acting like he was, you know, calm and, and, and not nervous and, uh, and confident in what he was doing. And he got some laughs. He actually had some jokes. It was cool. And then uh, Jean Yi was there. She uh, she did a good job. Uh, she does a lot of crowd work, so that was cool. And uh, she always finds a way to sort of have a repeat sort of uh, 
um, callback type of uh, type of a joke, and she based this callback bait off of something that the kid did. Um, and then, uh, or no, uh, that one of the other. Oh, uh, David Coker was on too. Uh, he's a show producer in the Concord area, and he hasn't fucking booked me yet. I've had him on my. I think he's done. I've had him do guest spots. I think on my shows, and he hasn't. Uh, he hasn't booked me on any of his shows. Very interesting. But no, uh, so Gene Yee, she did a, she was, her callback was based off a joke that, that Coker had did, and she was actually getting some good laughs there, and then I went up, and I did my thing. I had a good, uh, a, a good amount of people show up for me. I got a lot of friends up there in the North Bay, and I sort of joked to, uh, to the promoter, to Casey, I was like, hey, you know, book me on a show, because I got a lot of friends up there, and then I told my friends that are up there, I was like, hey, come to the show, because I told the promoter that I got a lot of friends up here, <laughs> I, you know, don't make me a liar, you know, so uh, I had a nice little group of people that came out for me, so I was actually pretty stoked, you know, it's not too often that I got people that show up for me, you know, so um, that was nice, my friends, but it was my friends that were having a good time, like, this crowd was sort of tight, except for, um, you know, I mean, my friends seemed like they were laughing at everybody, having a good time, you know, like, filling the room up with laughter, but it was all coming from the one table that all my friends were at. You know what I mean? There was maybe 10 of them at this table. You know what I mean? But it was like, seemed like all the laughter. In fact, even when me and Dave was up, he even said, he's like, you know what? Fuck the rest of these folks. I'm just going to talk to you guys. You know, Sean's friends over here. You you guys are having a good time. I'm just going to do my, I'm just going to do the rest of my set to you guys, you know, because that's kind of what the crowd was. They were just, I don't know. They were a little tight. They weren't, they weren't laughing, but uh, anyway, good show. Um, I had a good time. Uh, I actually did a brand new joke that I hadn't worked out on an open mic. I just sort of did it on the fly and it seemed to, uh, has, has worked very, uh, worked, worked pretty good. So, um, yeah. Oh, wow. Kind of. Kind of, not necessarily of the week, but of the week in the stuff that I've been absorbing. So uh, I went on a little bit of run here in the past couple days of um, checking out some new music, uh, sparked by some bands that I really like putting out some new music in the past week or two. Um, first up, first on the list of um, of new fun stuff that. Uh, I'm enjoying is the um, the new record by the Bronx. Yeah, where is? Hold on a minute. Where's my shit? This iPad is fucking. You know what? I might have to buy a new iPad. I might have to try to um, save some money. I gotta buy the wife a new phone. That's like the next. The next sort of, um, I don't know, major purchase, I guess, if you want to say. But uh, anyway, um, was it? When did it come out? Last, not this past Friday, the Friday before. Uh, the new Bronx, the new Bronx record came out. Uh, the Bronx, I love the Bronx. There's a band from Los Angeles called the Bronx, and. Um, their new record dropped. They uh, they've had a really big rollout for this record. So they've been advertising that this record was coming out, and they've been doing it for like 
fucking six months, if not longer. And I think they released like five singles before the record came out. Um, four or five singles of of <laughs> uh, songs off of this record that they wanted to sort of use as a promo and, and get people fired up about this record. And um, I I listened to one of them, but I I didn't even listen to the whole thing. I just checked it out to see where it was at and just kind of just check in for a minute and I don't even think I listened to the whole thing because I wanted to wait to hear the whole record. Um I didn't want to get I didn't want to be spoiled by hearing um some songs by the Bronx. Although now that I think about it I think that was my intention, but I think I ended up listening to uh the songs anyway. But at that time I think only 3 of them were out. I might have listened to all 3 when they came out. And I think they ended up putting out maybe one or two more. And then I pumped the brakes. I was like, no, 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 I can't listen. Because I think I remember talking about that on the podcast. That I had checked out the Bronx. And it made it so that Earworm of the Week that week was a Bronx song. Not of those songs that were new. I'm almost positive that's how that went. But um, I could be wrong. Um... Let's see what do we got i'm looking back at the uh maybe not i could be full of shit i'm trying to see if it's on the on the it doesn't look like it's there but anyway the bronx a new record let's uh, listen to this song this song is called uh super bloom now this record now the bronx have sort of they started off really like sort of hardcore punk meets rock and roll but real heavy on the rock and roll you know, big ACDC chords, just played really fast. Um, definitely punk attitude in swagger, um, loose, aggressive. Um, that first, and, and every one of the records is called the Bronx. And they've, you know, that are named one through six. I think this is number six. Um, but there's no actual w- number on any of them, right? You, you, it's, you know, it just. You just know that the first one's Bronx one. It, 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 none of them say one, two, three, four, five or Roman numerals or anything. It's just fucking the Bronx. Every one of their records is called the Bronx. It's fucking there. They, they, there's some tongue and cheekness in what they do. In fact, on their first record, there's not even a picture of them unless you take the CD, which was in a um, in a digipack style, which was the remember when CDs when the, the trend in the in the in the 2000s was that the your CD was in a in a cardboard sort of fold up thing but if you opened that up one of the things you know the, where the CD sat right uh on the the flap there was a little opening and if you pinched that and opened it up there was a picture of the band inside there and you could look at it by, at an angle but it was a it was a negative so you still couldn't even tell what was going on because it was a picture of a negative of the band on the inside of the thing. Really, really cool. They've sort of uh, kept that sort of a, a a really cool aesthetic for the band. But they started off really aggressive. They sort of got a little, um, you know, experimented with some stuff, some more poppier or or or, or so, not even poppier, just softer kind of a, a vibe. You know, more a, a post rock or 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 um, you know. 
you know, just experimented with other stuff, not just an aggressive, you know, because they were like fucking balls out all the time, you know, and they sort of, you know, took it down a notch and then, you know, meandered a little bit. I mean, every record's been great and it sounds like the same band, but, you know, you could tell that they were trying stuff. Now, this new record has a lot more of the old, that first record vibe. And then it sort of combines all the stuff that they've always that they've been experimenting with, and sort of threw it all together. But this song I'm gonna play for you. Uh, I'll play. I'm not gonna play the whole thing, but I'll play a bit of it. It's called uh, Super Bloom. I think it's the second song on the record, and this reminds me of what they used to do on that first record. So let's check this out. These guys, man, have always just fucking thrown down. I've always liked this band. Uh, I got a chance to open up for them back in... Oh, shit. When was that? 2006, seven, somewhere in there? Um, my band, All Time Highs, we uh, opened, up for, uh, opened up for the Bronx. We were fucking stoked. And then uh, Sammy, our bass player, did a spin kick fucking maneuver lost his balance and crashed into their uh, guitar boat guitar boat i don't if you've, you've seen guitar boats if you watch the band play live any you know especially a bigger band and they have multiple guitars on the side of the stage and they're all in a in a, a big stand that's called a guitar boat and uh he knocked over the guitar boat and the guitar boat fell off of the stage and hit the ground um no and dude had like a fucking old flying V and a fucking couple of, I think there was two Dan Armstrong's Dan Armstrong guitars. Or you ever see those guitars where the body is made out of that like clear epoxy, the plexiglass looking shit. Those are called Dan Armstrong's and, uh, they're very coveted and they're very expensive. And homie had two of them in that boat rack or the guitar boat and, uh, and a bass. Um, uh, there was a bass. There was a, I think a P bass, a Fender P bass. That was the original bass player's bass that he had given the new bass player because of the tone of that bass was important for the overall sound of the band. And the bass took damage. Uh, tuning peg snapped off. And uh, I think we ended up, or Sammy, I believe, ended up paying for that. Um, so, yeah, the Bronx, love them. Uh, what else we got? We got... um. So I took a chance, and I never do this. I took a chance on, um, uh, you know, the Apple Music has suggestions, right? And 
I ain't one to take no suggestion. But I just on a whim was just like, hey, what is, you know, what 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 do they think I like? You know what I mean? And uh, so in the rock section of, of suggestions, I started going through some stuff and everything was fucking trash. Everything was trash. But this one thing popped out and I was like, oh, shit, this is actually pretty good. Um, I don't know where they're from. I didn't look anything that any any of that shit up. But this band called the Linda Lindas, um, they're f- uh, four very young females. Uh, I think they're all they're all Asian. I think except for the singer. Um, but the song was rad. It was just a nice, cool sort of punk influenced, you know, girl riot kind of fucking fun bratty. Um, little jam. So this song is called Oh uh, by the Linda Lindas. Check this out. You know, and they're young. I don't think they're out of high school. These these girls, these are childrens. These are childrens playing the rock and roll. God damn, love it. No, it's cool. Um, I sort of got. Um, I succumbed to the hype. I'm going to admit it right now. I succumbed to the hype of wanting, and, and I got too goddamn curious. As uh, um, and I heard, and it's only because I some podcasts that I listen to. They just they were really talking about it, and it was a big, uh, uh, just a big topic on a couple of different podcasts that I listened to, and um, the idea that Drake was going to drop a record, and Kanye was going to drop a record, and they were kind of trying to see who could drop when and when, and Drake sort of said that I'll drop mine when Kanye drops his, and they it was a sort of a, a flex on competition. You know, who's going to have the better record. And they came out and I listened to them and I couldn't get fucking, I couldn't get through them. I just, I couldn't get, I could not get through. The the Kanye record's got some 26 songs on it or some shit like that. And the Drake record's got like 20 songs on it. I don't think I got three or four songs into either one of them. Just fucking garbage. 
everyone's talking about how Kanye, the innovator, and he's trying new things. He's experimenting. Experiment all you want. But if you're going to call yourself hip hop, you better have some fucking drums in your song. Okay, Kanye. You can't have a hip hop song without the backbone of hip hop is the beat. That's how it started. They were finding breaks and playing the break. That's how that's what break dancing was because you were dancing to the break that the DJ found of the song. And the break was just the drum part. That was the break. That's the fucking main foundation building block of hip hop is the beat. And you're doing songs without a beat. It's fucking bananas, bizarre. And maybe you're trying to pull the beat out so that your fucking vocal thing is like the thing that everybody's paying attention to. But you're not that good of a rapper, dude. So I don't want to fucking listen to you fucking. He did, There's a song called Jail on um, on the Kanye thing. And he's got Jay-Z on there. Jay-Z's considered one of the best fucking rappers that ever rapped Right? And his fucking verse is pretty sick. But there's no beat. There's no drums. He's in time and he's doing a thing or whatever. But song would probably actually be good if there was some fucking drums. And the Drake shit, just I couldn't get past any of it. I just get, it's just, I started each song and it just, I skip. I, I think I skipped. You know, and I think he's got a song on there. With, I think Jay Z's on a song there too. And I listened to that one. I don't know. It just, they didn't do shit. But you know who else put out a fucking record this, uh, within the, within that same time? And it's better than both of those records combined. Fucking Nas. Nasty Nas. This fool put out a record in the last couple of weeks and it fucking kills. It's way better than any of those two records. It's fucking sick, dude. It's such a good record because it's a fucking hip hop record. It's a real hip hop record. It's got fucking, it's boob bap all the way. It's the way it's supposed to be. And he's fucking, his bars are good. They're just, dude. Ah, oh, dude. It's just fucking rad. Let's get into that. Let's, uh, where is it? What did I do? Eh, I fucked up. I didn't have it up. Didn't have it ready to go. Here it is. So this song is called EPMD 2. And, um, I don't know if there's an EPMD 1. Because I'm not up on all Nas's shit. Uh, but this song features EPMD, um, Eric Sermon and, uh, Paris Smith. And Eminem's Eminem and M is on this track too, but it's just fucking it's sick. I don't know if I'll get to the Eminem. Eminem's part in this song is so fucking insane. He does. There's a thing in 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 in, in music called uh, uh, metric modulation. Okay, metric modulation is um how can I explain it so dummies can understand the one. How can I explain it so I understand it? <laughs> Metric modulation is when you take a pattern inside a time. So say you got a nice even, an even click, right? And then you start going, gak, 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 g
The rhythm inside the old rhythm becomes the new tempo. That's called a rhythmic modulation. I don't know if I did that very well just now, but it's basically if if you have a rhythm inside a rhythm, the new rhythm becomes the new tempo, right? I've never heard anybody do that vocally, and fucking Eminem does it in this song. It's towards the end of the song, so I probably won't play that much of it, but I'll at least play enough of the song that you can hear how fucking tight this song is. Respectfully. Bucket on low like Eric and Parrish. Closed casket flow, all you niggas get dead it. They don't give you one single rose while you can smell it, so I pick from my own garden. Wanna go out in my garden like Godfather, grandkids in a rock while I got over the block trauma. So what you saying, nigga, you gots to chill. Thinking you the truth, really you not for real. Back to back with it, the hardest shit of the year. Remix. EPMD, we back in business. Ain't nobody fucking with us, come to your senses. He's the second coming to guard, something to witness. Piece of shit flying your head like Mike Pence's, we in the trenches. I'm mad, better yet, I'm on the rampage. My people can't even get minimum wage. Fuck a stimulus. Give me some interest. Give me a loan. Give me a home. Give me that land you owe me so I can roam. So when you trespass, blah, one in your dome. Best wishes, go some lucky Tommy. Ain't worried about nothing cause his squad behind me. EPMD, we back in business. I visualize what it is, not what it isn't. We at the mafia table next to the kitchen. Eating Michelin star, counting a million. Done. I let it go for the family meetings at Code at Miami. Them wine bottles on Maggie extra large. Sign up for my master Drums class. Drums are crazy Escobar. in this song. Feet up anyway, stadium, met my restaurant. the whole record is fucking just sick like this. It's a really good fucking record. Uh, and and uh, I did that. I did the song I did last week with Lauren Hill. I mean, you fucking heard that song. So this is a fucking. If you're into the hippity hoppity, this is the shit, man. Go get that shit. Don't fuck around. Uh, what else? What else we got? What else did I hear that was new or newer? Um, this came out a few months months back, but um, I didn't really uh, put any ears on it until um, last week, and it's the new um, the new Gorgira. Gorgira, Gorgira is a um, a French uh, metal band. And I would have to say that Gojira is probably the metal band for this time. As far as just, I know I said that about High on Fire a few weeks ago, but uh, as far as encompassing a lot of the subgenres that make up metal, there's more subgenres in metal than any other fucking genre of music there's so many subgenres of metal and uh, gojira seems to fucking kind of tap into a lot of them especially the main ones like thrash death metal uh even some black metal uh they dip into some doom uh they are very progressive in fact i think the progressive lean is probably more than anything else and they'll even fuck with some new metal shit and 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 almost like hardcore breakdown style shit. So they touch upon a lot of stuff. And to look at them, you'd think they were just fucking IT guys. You know what I mean? Like they just they don't look like, you know, they just look like kind of college kids that fucking, you know, can 
figure out how to hack into a system or something. You know what I mean? Like they don't look like fucking your you know metal guys. You know what I mean? But maybe that's because of the other French. Maybe that's because of the other French vous, 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 parlez vous, français, vous, français, 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 français. We are French. Anyway, um, so uh, this song is called uh, uh, "Born for One Thing," and the album is called Fortitude. This is Gojira. Gojira is the actual Japanese word for Godzilla. They don't say Godzilla in Japan. They say Gojira. Anyway, uh, uh, what's the song called? Uh, Born for One Thing from the album Fortitude. metals check out some fucking gojira their whole catalog is like is they just keep getting fucking more and more insane like they are just they're motherfuckers dude they can really play too like their their musicianship is very high and they do that you heard that there's a certain it's called a pick a pick scrape i think it's called they do this this really cool noise that's in a lot of their songs. It's become like their little signature little thing that they do, um, along with just being fucking bad as fuck. Badassery. Badassery going on. Um, all right. This, uh, this band I actually found today. So I think uh, last time I did a music uh, new discovery um, version of the podcast, um, I explained that I get these uh, emails from uh, from this PR firm called EarSplit. And there was a time when I was writing for a magazine and I was doing reviews. And in that I was doing reviews, they put me on this mailing list for EarSplit. Well, I'm still on that mailing list. So I, but I have fucking, I was going through them today 
And this is how I found this. I found some other shit too, but maybe when I uh, do another one of these, I will do, uh, I'll show some of the other stuff I found. But this was really cool. This actually, I was surprised it was in, because most of the stuff that I get from EarSplit, it's mostly metal of of whatever type. You know, and I read the thing, and if it says fucking Norwegian blackened folk neoclassical metal, I'm probably not going to fucking check it out. You know, but if it says sludge, or if it says post-metal, or if it says metallic hardcore, or if it says uh, stoner metal, or, you know, there's certain things in, in the description, uh, you know, in a basic, and sometimes they come up wacky descriptions that don't make no fucking sense at all. And I will listen to those so I can figure out what the fuck they're talking about. But this, uh, the first thing is said was the band took their name from a Black Crow song. And so that caught my attention. I'm like, okay, well, what the fuck kind of maniacs are in metal band is? They're not a metal band at all. Um, this band is called The Cold Stairs. As in, not the fucking stairs you go up and down that are cold. And maybe you need to be wearing socks because your feet might get cold going up and down these stairs. No, the cold, there's a Black Crow song called, um, I think this, I think the, I think the the Black Crow song is called uh, Stare Cold. And uh, so these guys flipped it and called their band The Cold Stairs. Um, but these guys are cool. They're kind of um, kind of like the Black Keys. If the Black Keys uh, were a little swampier and um, really knew their Black Sabbath. So um, this is a... Uh, this, this is off of their first record called uh, Head Bent, and this song is called John. Let's check out. Uh, let's check out the cold stairs. <laughs> Standing there waiting on the dock for me That boat did not sail The money had all gone through the ship Found myself a boy named John And they said John had dug a grave or two John, won't you dig that grave? John, won't you dig that grave? John, won't you dig that grave? I want to bury you in that hole someday Stairs, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, these guys ain't fucking around. And I went and checked out like 
almost every record they had on iTunes and they're all it's all that same level. It's like it here's the thing with me. Like I'll listen to something and if it doesn't grab me in the first 10, 15, 20 seconds, I bail. I got so curious about that when it was that that intro when it's just fucking slide guitar, acoustic, and a vocal sounding like some fucking backwoods on the porch fucking just you know what I mean? Just some down home shit. I it hooked me in immediately. But then when it kicked in with that big riff, what a do what do do goosh got out the right boom boom back a boom like Holy shit, dude. I was like, okay. Yeah. And they're a duo. That's just a drummer and a guitar player singer. That's not a three-piece. Of course, when they record, they record bass. So it's got the thickness. But I don't know how they pull that shit off live. I would be very interested to see um, how they do that shit live. But uh, the Cold Stairs, ladies and gentlemen, check their shit out. That's off their first record, and that's like, 2017 or some shit like that again not all of this shit is fucking super brand new some of it's just new to me all right um now for the um we got one more song we're gonna do and uh this was sort of the catalyst for the idea of um of a new music podcast this this week um on Friday, ladies and gentlemen, the new the new Iron Maiden came out. Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden is maybe in my top five all-time favorite bands. I'm it's definitely way up there. There's about there's about ten bands that are in my top five. <laughs> my, my top five is yeah, there's like ten or fifteen bands in my top five. I mean, it's just and Maiden is definitely one of them. Maiden is so important to me. I at one point I had an Iron Maiden T-shirt for every day of the week. I think my seventh or eighth grade year, I had you know my my walls were covered with Eddie. There was it was just I had so many Iron Maiden posters. They were my band as I. Even as I was getting into heavier and heavier music, Maiden was a staple the whole time. And it's always been a staple. I did go through a period where, and I don't know why I did this, and I, I'm I'm super ashamed that I'm admitting this right now. And I, my cousin Lorenzo fucking busts my balls about it every time. During the 90s, when I started getting into like corn and Deftones and more hip-hop um I took my Iron Maiden posters. I loved the artwork. The artwork for Iron Maiden has always been top notch. I cut the posters and I cut the Iron Maiden logo off of the posters and just left the image of Eddie. I feel ashamed. I feel feel just like such a such a dumb move. Ruin these posters. And I don't know where any of that shit, that shit's long gone, but man, I wish I never did that. I don't have many regrets, but that's probably on the top of the list. Cutting off the Iron Maiden logo off of my Iron Maiden posters because they weren't fucking cool enough 
in you know in fucking 95 this is dumb 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 anyway brand new iron maiden record came out on friday it's called senjutsu and senjutsu is a japanese word that means it actually means strategy uh, strategy and tactics is what it means and i actually asked uh, hiroko i was like uh what is this word and she looked at the word she's like eh? Because that's what the Japanese do when they're when they're baffled by something or they're questioning something. <gasps> she said that's not a word. <laughs> that's what she told me. She told me it wasn't a word. And then after further research, she was like, "Oh, okay, I guess it is a word." She's, like, I just never heard that word. Um, and the cover, the cover is fucking amazing. This is an amazing cover. We got ourselves, we got ourselves a fucking samurai Eddie. And he looks fucking sick, dude. Uh, but this record coming out was the, like I said, the catalyst behind me wanting to do a new music version of the podcast. Uh, at first listen, because I re- I talked about the new Maiden song a while back, right when they did that first release, the first single, and I joked saying that it sounded like a fucking Tesla tune, and um, and not an Elon Musk car song, no. The rock band from Sacramento, Tesla. Love is on a brand new. That Tesla. Uh, Jesus Christ. I think I fucking pulled a muscle in my neck. Um, <laughs> so uh, I joked that that song sounded like the, the song's called Riding on the Wall. It was the first single. The video is fucking amazing. It's a great video, but the song, I eh, wasn't digging it. Um, they put out another single. I did not listen to that one. I waited until the record came out and listened to the whole record. At first listen, not into this record. I listened to it all the way through while I was working. And it took, in my opinion, it took about five songs. In that first listen, it took about five songs for, for it to start sounding like Iron Maiden. They are doing so many other things that weren't very Maiden-like. That it was bothering me. But uh, after further review and a couple of more listens, the album is growing on me. It's still not fucking grabbing me and fucking saying, dude, this fucking record's sick. It's definitely a maiden record. There's enough, you know, at the second half, I was ready to fucking write it off like after five songs. But that fifth song started to sound a little bit more maideny. And then uh, as the record went on towards the end, it got more and more maidenny. So, but there's no, um, I don't know, man. There's, there's the trooper, there's aces high and there's rhyme of the ancient mariner. And to me, that's the epitome of iron maiden. Like between those fucking three songs is everything that maiden does for me, in my opinion, what they sound like, um, there's no aces high really on this song on this album. Uh, the song I'm gonna play is about as close to that as. But the reason why I want to play this song, so this is the second song on the record, and it, it I don't know why it didn't catch my ear the first time. But uh, also, Maiden's known for the gallop, right? Like there's a gallop that they always do, and that's Steve Harris, that's the bass player. Now. If there's a gallop in a song, Steve Harris probably wrote the song. 
uh, or wrote that part of the song. Uh, if it's doing other shit, it's probably Adrian Smith, the other guitar player. Um, Dave Murray doesn't write. He writes very little for the band. Uh, the bulk of the writing is done by Steve Harris. And then the next bulk is done by Adrian Smith and Bruce Dickinson, the singer. I think Bruce will write most of the lyrics, uh, although Steve Harris will write lyrics as well. But that's why Steve Harris, like when you watch Maiden play, Steve Harris is lip syncing every fucking word of every song while he's playing the bass. Most mainly because he wrote a lot of it, <laughs> you know, so uh, but Bruce writes a lot of it, too. And the one thing that caught my attention right away was Bruce's voice. My man's fun, dude. I mean, dude's in his sixties. I gotta get you know. He's 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 an elder statesman at this point. The band is old, and I'll give it give it to Bruce. He can still jump around the stage like a motherfucker. He jumps around a stage like nobody's business. Definitely does not jump around a stage like a man in his sixties. But his voice, you can hear the wear and tear on this record. Um. He's still singing in the register he usually sings in. He's still going up in that higher register. Uh, it's not as strong as it used to be, but where you can really hear the wear on his voice is when he's singing quieter um, over like guitar, you know, guitar only parts. There'll be a little, little delicate guitar part and he's singing over that. It's where you can hear the wear in his voice. Anyway, the song I want to play for you is a song called Stratego which I believe is the second song on the record. And the reason why I want to play it is because the gallop that's in this song is being mimicked with the kick drum. And the, what's special about this is that Nico McBrain, drummer for Iron Maiden, does not use a double bass. He is a single kick drummer. The pattern that he's playing with his foot is fucking fast for a single foot. And it's strong. And so uh, here we go off of the Sinjutsu record. Iron Man, I think this is their fucking 15 or 16th record or some shit like that. Fucking. I did a deep dive. I went through all the records in the last couple of days. I listened to every fucking Iron Maiden record all the way through. Even those two shit records they did with Blaze Bailey. Those two records fucking suck. Oh, my God. Oh, they should have put a different name on those records because ugh, they are bad. But um, there's a few records that I never even heard. They just kind of over the years, you know, they've been they've been putting out records consistently every fucking three, four, five years. They've been putting out records, and there was about four records that I had never even heard a fucking song off of. And I was like, oh shit, this is actually fucking good. You know, not all the way through, but fucking good. Anyway, Stratego, listen to this fucking gallop. It's fucking awesome. One foot, man. 
fucking stadiums are going to be singing that one. Stadiums are going to be singing along to that hook. It's fucking made for Europe. <laughs> anyway, Maiden, goddammit, up the irons. In fact, um, yeah, I, it's like I said, I went through... Uh, I went through a bunch of their shit, the stuff that I hadn't heard. And, um, yeah, dude, they've been swinging, dude. They've been swinging for the fences this whole time. This new record, though, there's there's a few too many, like, hell of trying to be the giant epic fucking song. And it's sort of, um, I don't know, it got a little long in the tooth for me. Um, like I said, I wanted to hear an Aces High, you know, fucking, you know what I mean? Just... I don't know. I wanted to hear some fucking the overall the record is pretty mid tempoed. There's no real fuck there's one song that pushes the fucking tempo. Um and I noticed that there's a lot of um like there's a lot of sort of uh fucking Nordic or fucking Irish drinking song esque sounding material, um, in a lot of their stuff, like those records that I hadn't heard before. I just I remember hearing just a lot of this, you know, this fucking. Not that it all sounded like Popeye, but I'm just saying it. Just there was a lot of um, a lot of fucking sea, what do they call sea shanty songs or whatever. Anyway. Uh, let's get the fuck out of here. Earworm of the week. Guess what? This week's Earworm of the Week is an Iron Maiden song. <laughs> Even though I did a deep dive in the past, you know, I don't know, two, three days or whatever, it didn't matter that I went deep on the Maiden catalog. This song that was not one of the songs I listened to ended up being earworm of the week this week. It, it just, it stuck, it stuck in the fucking mind as I was listening to all these Maiden songs. This song just kind of was persevering. And speaking of fucking sea shanties, the way this song starts is very, I don't know, very fucking yo-ho-ho in a bottle of rum type of song. Um, anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with some music this week. Uh, hopefully I turned you, uh, turned you on to something. And if not, I don't give a shit. This is shit I'm digging. (laughs) Uh, rate, review, subscribe, uh, wherever you listen to my podcast, go to the anchor app and donate. If you want to donate to the podcast, put some fucking dollar dollar bill y'all in my pocket. Um, if you go into the description of the podcast every week, there is a link to the earworm of the week playlist um i'm pretty sure if you hit that link it'll go to this playlist and you can see these songs that i've been doing every week and then we're up to like fucking i don't know there's a fucking pretty ridiculous amount of songs in that list um so the earworm this week is off of um when did this album come out 1988 1988 Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. This is the first song on the record. The song is called Moonchild. And this song fucking is a motherfucker. I've always loved this song. It rips. Uh, This is the way you start a record. Not the fucking little fucking shanty in the front. Am I even saying that right? Is that a thing? 
Or is a shanty a fucking little fucking dilapidated tent type of fucking scenario? I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm tired, um, even though I had a half day today. <laughs> so anyway, Iron Maiden, iron up the fucking irons, you dirty bitches. Uh, be good. Keep it dirty. I'll see you guys next week. Uh, a little moon child. Seven deadly sins, seven ways to win, seven holy paths to hell, and your trip begins. Seven downward slopes, seven bloodied hopes, seven are your burning fires, seven.
fuck Stanton Avenue.